The Bonfires of Social Enterprise with Detroit-based Rami Gingrass of Gingrass Global. I've got Jeff Adams with Artesian Farms in the Broitmoor neighborhood of Detroit, Michigan. Welcome, Jeff. Hi, Rami. How are you doing today? Hey, good. Thanks for joining us on the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. Jeff has a hydroponics farm, which means that they're growing fruits and vegetables in, in water, but they're more than a hydroponics farm. We're going to learn more about how Artesian Farms really has a unique play in the neighborhood of Detroit. Hey, Jeff, would you mind telling us more about the overall picture of Artesian Farms? My wife and I moved to the, the Brightmore neighborhood about 12 years ago to work in a nonprofit organization to develop youth and families uh, here in one of the most uh, under-resourced neighborhoods of Detroit, which is Brightmore. And living here in the neighborhood, you become very aware of the problems that families and young people have to gain employment. You know, we have a limited bus system to get to work. Most folks don't have cars. Uh, so the reliability to get to work is very difficult. And that's one of the keys to maintaining or retaining a job. And I kind of had an interest in developing something in the neighborhood, a neighborhood entrepreneurial program where people could come and be employed and learn some of the skills uh, to operate a business. And uh, I just had to find a solution, a, a business that people can do. And that's where we started looking into the whole urban agricultural movement. The more I studied it, uh, the more I saw there was real opportunity for people in our neighborhood to really capitalize on that if they just had the right direction and right resources. For those folks who may be listening that aren't familiar with some of the issues that uh, the local residents deal with. You mentioned transportation. They may not have transportation. There is some issues here in the Detroit community. They may not be connected to other resources to gain employment or connected to resources to even learn some of the basic elements of being an employee. Would you speak a little bit into your heart? I know you've got a real heart to develop the young folks in that neighborhood and give them an opportunity. It's a challenge that's common through a lot of urban areas and Detroit's, you know, probably magnified a little bit. But one is many of them are limited with their educational background. Others are limited you know, based on, you know, for lack of a better word, their criminal background. Uh, a lot of folks are just structurally unemployed because of their, uh, you know, maybe their drug background, things like that, that would limit them from being uh, employed in a traditional method. Even though that's a situation, those folks need to have an opportunity. They all want to work. They have a desire to bring financial stability to their families and Another good example is a young mom, you know, that maybe have one or two children that is only 20 years old. I mean, that's my first employee, you know, that's who she, you know, that's is a single mom. I've known her since she's 12 years old and she wants to provide for her family, but she's just made some difficult decisions and now she needs some help and she will learn to run this business. You know what? None of us are perfect, right? We'd love to uh, say it only happens in the urban under-resourced areas, but we've all made mistakes and uh, you're now starting to give them a chance to get back on their feet. So let's talk about the business itself. Let's first talk about the type of produce that you're going to be able to grow in your system. Well, you know, It's really interesting. Uh, when we first started researching this, uh, the product we're going to grow are mostly greens, like you know, lettuce, you know, different varieties of lettuce, kale, basil is, a, is an herb, uh, spinach is a good one to grow. But the more we got into it and the partners we're working with, uh, who's done a lot of research, it has the capabilities to grow Brussels sprouts and beets and radishes and all kinds of different things that 
because it's, it's a way we can test it, grow it, and see if it works in this environment, uh, it's very, you know, it's working out to be quite unique. Another one is, is Michigan strawberries. We can grow strawberries hydroponically. For those of you that know Michigan strawberries, you know there's a unique sweetness uh, to uh, Michigan strawberries. We're, we're growing it indoors, uh, so we can grow uh, year-round here in Michigan. So the other day when it was seven below zero, inside it's a toasty 60 degrees with you know vegetables growing. So we can harvest you know, year-round. We've taken a blighted warehouse and an industrial complex, and we're bringing transforming it back to life. But what we do is we buy non-GMO organic seed, from uh, different suppliers. We germinate the seeds in one area in our, in, our, in our nursery. And once they germinate and they're about maybe a quarter of an inch to half an inch you know, high, they're, you know, they're germinate in what they call rock wool, which is, is this crushed stone type of thing. Once they go to the, you get to that level, we transplant them into the hydroponic system. The hydroponic system is a tower that we, in our building, is, is about 12 feet high. It has uh, four layers of growing, you know, platforms. Uh, each tower has about 1,100 plants growing in it. And so that little germinated lettuce or spinach or whatever gets planted in that. And between the time that it's planted and about 19 days, we can harvest. The system is all hooked together. It's all, you know, there's, a, there's a tank of water that has nutrients, you know, natural nutrients that are fed into it naturally occurring elements that are in the in the environment, nitrogen, calcium, potassium, things that plants naturally you know, consume to grow uh, are infused into the water. Uh, and then it pumps the top of the top tray and filters down to the bottom tray and then is recycled. The neat thing about this is that it's very efficient on use of water. For example, the lettuce that we grow, we grow with one head of lettuce uses less than a gallon of water from the time it's germinated to the time it's harvested. You compare that to lettuce that we typically get from California, it takes about seven gallons of water for that same head of lettuce. And this time of year, most of the lettuce that we consume comes from Arizona, which is a much more arid climate, actually takes about 25 gallons of water for that one head of lettuce. So when you think about the water problems that the Southwest and California has in the big agricultural areas, you know, water is a very, very precious commodity out there. And so we can you know, grow right here with very limited water. We harvest it, we pack it all in the same building, and then we take it out to market to whoever's buying our product. When we truck our, our produce in from you know, other areas of the country or the world, you know, they're harvesting you know, 10 to 12 days prior to the time it hits the, hits the store or the wholesale distributor. So they're actually, the most nutrition and most flavor comes in the last few days on the vine. So here you're actually ripening in a truck. You know. Cost of transportation from where, you know, from California to here or Arizona here is about 2,200 miles. Uh, and the carbon output for that uh, is tremendous. I just read an article the other day, I can't remember what it was, but they've tagged the cost of carbon to be $202 a ton. It takes about four tons of carbon to get from California to here. Jeez, when you add all that up, that's pretty expensive lettuce that <laughs> we take for granted. I know that you've uh, partnered with, and I know that you went through a pretty vigorous selection process on how you were going to select your equipment. Green Spirit Farms, New Buffalo, Michigan, became your partner with equipment and manufacturing. Uh, would, would you mind t sharing a little bit about 
why you chose Green Spirit, what the attraction of their system was for you? The biggest reason to go with, with the folks at Green Spirit was because of their intellectual property. Uh, the owner of that company is an environmental engineer, uh, has done a lot of big engineering projects for major corporations around the world. Uh, he's an engineer, so he's in the, in the detail and in the facts and, and science and things like that. And he really understands uh, the growing process uh, and uh, has you know, had developed uh, a way working with some very, you know, some, some of the technology, the lighting technology and you know, companies that provide those services to really f provide the, you know, the best way to grow these products. It made sense. Of all the people I talked, he showed me the most detailed standard operating procedures to grow, a, you know, products in a hydroponic uh, system. So we selected to go with Green Spirit. And so we get that. Plus, we also, he's, he's working nationally right now with multiple locations. Uh, he's got an operation going into Cleveland uh, area. He's talking to the state of West Virginia, New York City, uh, Compton, California. Uh, so there's a lot of places where he is uh, involved in setting up similar situations across the country. And as a result of that, he's being you know, invited by major uh, retailers and uh, to provide product that he needs a national distribution for. One of your passions to do with your future employees is not only pay them a, a living wage while they're learning how to do the business, but hopefully and eventually launch them into their own smaller I guess pods off of what you're doing, smaller incubation or smaller subsections of this and let them own parts of it. And you can do that with this equipment and this system of Green Spirit Farms. You can really launch an employee, right? Yeah, it's a turnkey system. I mean, as long as you follow what their operating procedures manuals are, you will be successful in this. And the idea is that, you know, just like you said, Rami, we can you know work with our employees and encourage them and, and give them the skills to become their own entrepreneur. It's more than just growing. You got to be an accountant. You got to be a marketer. You got to do all these things. They need to learn that. Okay. And then they'll have the choice. If they want to stay and work in the farm and be that, you know, farm technician or that farm manager, that's great. But if you want to go out and start another farm or take the skills you learn and start another entrepreneurial uh, opportunity, that's fantastic because that's really what's bringing Detroit back is these small entrepreneurial opportunities or programs that are going on across the city of Detroit by, you know, folks just like what we're doing here at, at Artesian Farms. You're really speaking to some of the differences between a traditional business and a social enterprise. You know, not only do you have a product or service uh, with your produce there that you're growing locally, you're meeting a need uh, that you're bringing some nutritious food right into a community that does not normally have very easy access to it, but you're going to be sharing some of your products uh, and affiliate programs with the schools and local restaurants. But then additionally, you've got this social staffing element that you're going to take the time to hire and train folks that may not have had much experience working in a business and not only train them to be an employee, but give them an opportunity to go out and become entrepreneurial. That's really powerful. And for the, for the listening audience, Part of what happens in social enterprise is some of the profits that would normally go to build a business or go to the owner's pocket gets delivered back to the community or to others in the form of 
uh, a cost that comes against profit. And Jeff, you're such a great example of how the, what your intentions are on setting this up. It's not only serving a need, it's a powerful little business, but it, it's also going to empower others. I want to thank you for your time. We're going to check back in with you and follow the progress. We're going to come down to your place and, and do some podcasts from there. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing, and we'll check back with you soon. Okay, great. Thanks, Ronnie. Portions of this podcast have been provided by Ronnie Gingras and are copyrighted in 2015 Gingras Global, LLC, and are disseminated by Flatlands Avenue Productions by exclusive arrangement with Gingras Global, LLC.